This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Hello, citizens! Welcome to the Forge Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. This is the show that somehow still needs more shark repellent. <laughs> somehow. Somehow we found more a way. More shark play. Where are we getting all this shark play from? I don't know. Uh, should I add the Sharknado movies to our list? Is that a thing that needs to happen? I don't now? know. This movie's getting awfully close to it. This is probably like the close. setup for it. This has sharks and Nados. Oh, boy. Both caused by the same Uma Thurman. That's true. We're talking about my super ex-girlfriend. That's directed movie. by the, the Ivan Reitman. Yes. From 2006. Of Stripes fame? Of Ghostbusters fame. Of Junior fame? Of Ghostbusters 2 fame. Of Twins fame? We could stop there because it's it goes downhill drastically. Of Kindergarten Cop fame? Yeah, and I heard what I said. <laughs> of No Strings Attached fame? He's still going, huh? That's the one with uh, Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. It could Portman. be, or it could be the other one. Th- th- the same movie that came out the same year? Right. Was with- it? Justin uh, Timberlake and Mila Kunis. Yeah, which one was that? Uh, like just friends. Friends with no, benefits. Just friends was just just friends was on Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah, this is complicated. Very. It's all complicated. Ivan Reitman. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, to put it lightly. Yeah, and he did this. And he then he made this feature he made film this movie. <laughs> I've never seen this before. Nah, neither, nor have I. I have mixed feelings. So many feelings. Yeah, feelings. There were parts I was like legitimately interested in. Yeah. And that's the worst part about it. And then there were things I went, what are we oh, doing? Boy. What are we doing, movie? <laughs> what year is it? Uh, who knows? It could be, I don't know, when did Jurassic Park come out? Because this CGI. 93. fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Not this entire movie. You got Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. You got Luke Wilson. Yeah. Remember him? Star Pepe power. Pepe remembers. You got Anna Faris. Right. You got Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. He's back in the against film again. Against all odds. Can't believe it. Eddie Izzard, he's, he's here. Up. Yeah. Wanda Sykes is there for a hot second. For a second. What are we doing, movie? It's, what are we doing with this we, thing? We have a cast. We have a director. Let's see how it rolls out. Yeah, it, and it won't go well. That's a promise. Nah, it will not go well. It's going to be an adventure. Let's figure out what this thing's about. We open on a heist, a smash and grab at a Bulgari in New York City. We have an established setting. It's New York City. This movie's extremely New York. Very New York. Like, this might actually be the most New York we've gotten with a movie. So far. Possibly. Don't say Superman, because that was Metropolis. Uh, that was no, that's Famously filmed in Metropolis. Right. With the big blue lady on the water. Everybody knows yep. about the big blue lady on the water in Metropolis. Exactly. And the Metropolis State Center. The, the state of wherever Metropolis exists. <laughs> I like that even in the Batman movies, like the, the license plates say Gotham. Like, that's yeah. the name of the city. Yeah, that's not how it works. License plates for the city, unless it's D.C., that, that's not a thing. No. Is I, Gotham supposed to be like Washington, D.C.? I hope not. Explains the corruption. Oh, oh hot take. Oh, oh. Not hot We are all. political now. Hey, we did it. We did it. Not stop immediately. <laughs> it seems the thieves from the smash and grab might get away when their car is lifted in the air a la Hancock and dropped in front of a police station. Yep. A la Superman. A la... Any kind of hero that lifts up cars while they're getting away. Sure. The criminals open fire on the police, but are thwarted by a bulletproof G-girl. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. In full-on superhero regalia. Yeah. When I think superheroes, I think of Uma Thurman. Yeah. She's got all the superpowers of Superman, so like Sean would say, she's lame. <laughs> and she kind of is in this movie. I get it. I totally get it. She's overpowered, but she's still interesting for reasons. Is she, though? We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Matt Saunders, played by Luke Wilson, and his friend Vaughn, played by Rain Wilson, no relation, are on the subway. It is confusing. So many Wilsons. There are, and they could have put Owen in this hey, thing. Hey, Mr. Go- Wilson! Oh, God. <laughs> I hope that's the only time. Uh, oh, that's it. Okay, I good. promise. Well, now that I've thought of it, oh, actually. No. They're on the subway, and they're talking, and it feels like this movie wants to be a Kevin Smith movie. Uh, immediately. Because, because Rain Wilson says- Dwight's ideal superpower- Is to blow himself. Yep. Because of clerks, mostly. I'd imagine. That's where it went. It makes sense. What year is it? Oof. He tells Matt to go hit on this librarian-looking chick, and he does, because why not take advice from this weird dude? I immediately do not like Rain Wilson's character. I'm immediately curious about the, the Rain Wilson character. 
I, I don't know. He seems like a, a weird bit of relief that doesn't belong in this movie. Okay. But it, he's almost like the tone setter of this thing in a lot of ways. Kind of. Which is strange in for a weird a way because very supporting character. Yeah. As Matt is talking to said woman, a purse snatcher takes her purse and runs off the subway. It's a thing purse snatchers do. They tend to they snatch mostly go for the purse. purse. Is yeah. Matt chases him down, retrieves the purse. Bank robbers, by the way. Rob Banks. Rob Banks. That's what I hear. Yeah. Mm. Carjackers. They do what? To take cars? Jack's car. Oh, they take Jack's car. Yeah. I am Jack's missing car. We're Check not. out our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Matt chases down and retrieves the purse from the would-be thief because he drops it as he's trying to get away. He picks it up and he's like, ha ha, got it, you asshole. What's up now? Yeah, that's what I thought. The guy turns around and instantly goes, what'd you say? What was that? What'd you say? Starts chasing him. That's so so good. He hides in the dumpster like he's Howard the Duck. Legitimately funny. It was very funny. It was very unexpected, I actually, I got a big laugh out of that. I was like, oh, that's fun. Oh, no, I might like this (laughs) right away. I was nervous. Didn't last long. Armed with a hairdryer, he reemerges from the dumpster to meet Jenny Johnson, still Uma Thurman. Still Uma Thurman. She's the girl from the train, and she agrees to have dinner with him. Uh, this is great. This is all good stuff so far. So far, this movie is a thumbs up. I want to. So, I, I want to leave it at that. I mean, there was a a weird little bit right there with the with the Dwight joke, but I like how we're calling him Dwight. Moving it past <laughs> it. Yeah, I actually went through and did a find replace, and every time Vaughn's name came up, I replaced it with Dwight. Fine. Good enough. Vaughn's a dumb name Leaning for in, this. You know? You don't need a Vaughn in it. No. Dwight? Fine. Dwight, you ignorant slut. Because we know Rain Wilson superhero movies has always panned out. <laughs> as we always. as we know. <laughs> he's just great. At work, Matt casually flirts with his coworker Hannah, played by Anna Ferris. Oh, I thought you said casually flirts. Yeah, casually flirts. We are one day removed from Harvey Weinstein getting found guilty. Yeah. yeah. And you're saying casually flirts. Yeah, well. I'm getting there. This this movie does a, <laughs> a weird and fascinating thing. Very much. Where it polices itself. It does. Because Matt gets caught checking out her ass by his boss, Carla, played by Wanda Sykes, who is the best part of this movie. She's not in this movie very much either. That's a big problem. <laughs> she reprimands Matt and asks Hannah if she wants to file a report. Good. That is what this should is incredible. happen in this scenario. 2006. This movie is somehow way ahead of its time. And also, not at all. Right, and her character would be completely <laughs> useless in this movie. doesn't need to be there if Matt was just not a complete fucking pervert. <sighs> he really goes over the top here. Also, Anna Faris goes really over the top there because for an architect's office? Yeah. That's skirt. That's not finger length. Yeah, but- what Was that Pleasantville style? That's how they judged it then, right? In black and white I tops. mean, if we're, if we're going by the 50s <laughs> standards, yes, Dave, she was dressed like she was asking for Right. It. She would turn into a color wow. character because she's free. <laughs> free. That's how Pleasantville worked, right? Was it? I think that's something like, I don't know. It's been a while. The it's, Shoveler's in that. The Shoveler is in that. Yeah. So is Tobes McGobes. Yeah. What is Kirsten Dunst in that or is the other one in that? Uh, It's it's the other one. It's It's the Reese's Pieces Witherspoon. Reese's Pieces with it. Oh, Reese. Did you, you really didn't pick that up from no. the, the Reese and the Witherspoon? When you said Reese's Pieces, I went right to Drew Barrymore for E.T. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That's just the logical leap for me. Then you said Witherspoon. I was like, that's got to be like a daughter, right? Or something. <laughs> like, I don't know how families work. <laughs> Everybody knows that your kids are named your your favorite snack plus exactly. how she eats them. Exactly. With her spoon. That's how I named both of my daughters. <laughs> Weirdly enough, both kids named Reese's. Oh. Frozen. Reese's Frozen, frozen Michaels. Yeah, well. Both of them. One of them is, yeah. is Reese's Frozen. The other one's just Reese's with their bare hands. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we got like a Mike Tyson situation over here. He's the one who named his kids all like the same name, right? Was I thought it was George Foreman. That's the one. You're right. It was the other big punchy man. Yeah. <laughs> the grill one, though, not the tiger one. Right. Right. Boxing. That's a thing. <laughs> Matt goes on a date with Jenny. She's quirky for sure, but during the meal, she has to go do some world saving. She has to go to the bathroom. Yes. Lots. So while she's in the bathroom, quotes, uh, Matt calls Dwight, who's witnessing G-Girl putting out a burning building. And he's like, oh, I'm jealous. I've never even seen her in person. I don't want to go heavy handed on that because that's actually kind of fun. It is fun. No, I don't feel like it's like a, oh. Yeah. This movie actually does a very cool storytelling thing where our superhero is not the main character for once. Right. It's a it's a supporting character. Yes. Even though she is top build. Zuma Thurman. 
Yeah, it, and it's Luke anyone's getting top billed over Luke Wilson. <laughs> I'm surprised the whole cast isn't billed by Luke Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> All that star power. Back at work again, Matt is quote unquote casually flirting with oh, Hannah come again. On. When her model boyfriend Steve shows up, but she's also like she kicks him in the butt. There's back and forth, which workplace not the place for it. But it's it's 2006, so. I remember 2006. That's you this, know this happened all the time. Times were right? times were yeah. such that men were getting away with a lot more than they should have. Yeah, um, I had so many issues with that. Wanda steps in again, by the way. She sure does, which is great for Wanda. But why do you need to have this in there? Why do you need to have Matt's character go this far and then just write in Wanda to come and be like, no, 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 no? <laughs> How far is Matt's character going, though? I don't know. We'll get there. Hannah tells Matt not to keep seeing Jenny. But Dwight tells him, see her a few more times. Yeah, Dwight's not good. Dwight gives, Dwight gives real bad advice, advice all the time. In fact, I actually think Dwight Schrute might be Rain Wilson's most endearing character somehow. Yeah. I don't like any character he plays other than Dwight. Yeah, not wrong there. In Juno, he's pretty good. Oh, that's true. In Juno, he's because he's, he's only right. in one minute of the movie. Yeah. It's a good minute. It's a minute. Jenny and Matt go on a date to the art gallery that Jenny works at, and then they kiss, and then Jenny's like, no, you're doing it wrong. And then she coaches him. And then they go back to Matt's place and they have Roger Ebert's favorite. Super sex. Super sex. So this movie instantly became the most horny thing we've ever talked about. Instantly. Instantly. Batman Returns is calm compared to this. (laughs) Yeah. Jenny smashes the bed against the wall and literally breaks the bed. Which is actually very funny visual because you see Luke Wilson. It's just on his face. Yeah. And then he just disappears off the, like out of the frame because the bed's. Like it's the whole bed. The whole is bed is sliding like and feet smashing against the wall. It's very funny. So far, pretty good movie. Still decent. It's a pretty good I'm movie. I'm having so serious far. reservations about Dwight. Fine, he's barely in this movie. That's have all the reservations you want. Sure, he doesn't matter right now. Yeah, or later, or ever, or ever. In fact, the synopsis I read of this movie, he wasn't even in it. No, <laughs> not needed. Him and Wanda, <laughs> not needed this movie. So while Jenny and Matt are going at it, they're being watched by a robotic spy pigeon piloted by Professor Bedlam. Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard. Wow. Yeah. Robotic drone pigeon. Yeah, but it's also one of those things where what we see from like the spy cam is exactly what the camera's filming on set too. Right. Fine. Classic. Fine. The next day, Matt meets up with Dwight and Hannah at a bar. Dwight hits on a bartender who's not about it at all. No, not even a little bit. Nope. She's She actually tells him to never talk to me again, please. I like it. Pretty straightforward. This movie is policing itself. It is. And he's super proud of Matt for the whole broken bed thing. Hannah is visibly jealous. Hannah wants to get on that, Luke Wilson. Not realizing that Owen probably has more money. Wow. Wow. What's up with Luke Wilson? Uh, What is up? And what's with him going after the same girl in every movie? Because even in old school, he goes after like the little blonde girl. Right. I guess he's got a- A type? A movie type. He's useless without Wes Anderson. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> Completely useless. Uh, poor Luke. Just standing in the shadow of his brother's broken nose. Wow. Oh, wow. Professor Bedlam's cronies abduct Matt and grill him for information about his new girlfriend, Jenny. They hang him upside down from the Statue of Liberty. That's what you do. That's uh, that's the move. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the, the super villain. He's like, Don't, I'm not super. I'm not a villain. I'm just like you. I'm a regular guy, just with more money, more power, more intelligence. It's actually pretty good. He's a very charismatic supervillain. I like him. Yeah. Big fan. G-Girl saves Matt, and he tells Jenny all about it, but then she gets hit by a car. She's totally fine. She She goes flying across the street. So fine. And she just gets up going, help. All right. Okay, well, let's get out of here. And he's like, whoa, no, you probably have internal bleeding, because that would make sense. So she eventually has no choice but to come clean and reveal that she is G-Girl. Right. And I believe in like the scene before this, when she realizes- that Matt is in trouble. Yeah. She gets a text message from Professor Bedlam. Right. And it's just a picture of Matt hanging whatever. And he says like some shit like, ah, your boyfriend. Ha ha. All Eddie is like. Yeah. And she's doing her nails, like her toenails and stuff. Right. And it's one of those like, we get it. Quentin Tarantino. Uma Thurman. Yeah. We get it movie. Yeah. We don't need to do that. Oh, that Uma Thurman. <laughs> But then she dries him super quick with her, her super wind breath. Thrilling. G-Girl makes Matt promise her that he will tell no one. Say you'd rather have a chainsaw shoved up your ass than tell. I would say anything if he's, anyone threatened he's like, that. He's like, is that a possibility? She said, just say it. 
<laughs> and it's a very funny line, and I enjoy it. So far, this movie, pretty good. Still, still pretty good. Still pretty good. I was very much enjoying it. Still, well, hold on. Oh, I'm holding. Trust me, because we get a quick flashback. Yeah. We get a quick flashback to her her origin story. Where do we get an origin story from? Out of nowhere. She's just like, hey, I went to high school with Bedlam. He was called Barry back then. We were outcasts together. And then one night we were going to lose our virginities to each other. And uh, a meteor came crashing down to Earth and I got superpowers from it. And then I stopped immediately hanging out with Barry. Like that second. Done. Done. <laughs> and then uh, they, they come back to the present day and there's a superpowered flight. It turns real hot and horny. Turns into real a, fast. A free fall sexy. Now, here's the question. Because, Very uncomfortable. No, because Luke Wilson whispers something into Uma Thurman's ear yes. about what he wants. And right. we don't hear what it is. No. And I went, now how did this movie do that and get me thinking of weird scenarios? Because <laughs> it did. And my instant one was, I bet boning in the air is pretty weird. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you went right to Yeah. Okay. Right to it. And sure enough, that's what happens. I think I had a similar thought process, actually. But it, the, I realized the movie's making me think about it. Yeah. I'm invested in this movie at this point. We got incepted. That's amazing. My super ex-girlfriend had me. It had me for I'm a while. I'm realizing in this moment that it had me too. Pretty good movie. <laughs> so far. Then Jenny gets super possessive and jealous. Yeah, she shows this a little bit like she, she would. Like she's a little neurotic and a little quirky, but this, as soon as she comes out to- Stage five. Yeah. It's, uh, it's serious. She starts showing up at, at work. She really does not like Hannah, who is just sucking on Matt's finger all of a sudden. Yeah, with no eyebrows, by the way. Anna Faris, her eyebrow situation? I didn't. Is, is bad. Okay. They're not there. No eyebrows. For the most part. I like, when you look at her, and I get that she's blonde. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, do you <sighs> get it? But <sighs> that's ridiculous. Grow some eyebrows, you weirdo. <laughs> is that what you're saying? She wonders why Chris Pratt left her. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's terrible. We were all religious together, but my eyebrows. I'm curious where Wanda Sykes was when this was happening. Nowhere to be seen. She was not on set that day, probably doing Curb Your Enthusiasm, I'd imagine. Probably. She was like, oh, no, I'm only there to yell at Luke. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I will not do that in a Wanda Sykes voice, because nope. that's what we call racism. Mild. That's a problem. That's... Don't say mild. <laughs> <laughs> you, already, you already showed your hand here with the casual flirting thing. Because it's not blatant it's not what do you mean not blatant she sucked on his finger I, that was not casual flirting i didn't say casual flirting for that scene all right that's fine so jenny just shows up at the work site and uh now she, she's got problems with hannah so matt suggests hey let's have a double date because that's what you do i need to that's clueless i need to get suspicion off of myself so i'm going to just go hey me and you and her and her boyfriend should all go to happy couples on a double date to prove that i'm not in love with her I can see the flaw in that. Yeah, Pretty quickly, in fact. That's uh, not a great plan. No. No, no. No. On the double date, Steve, the model, doesn't show up. Surprise, surprise. You think Matt's going like, thruple, baby. Let's do this thing. <laughs> I don't know what Matt's thinking. Wow. <laughs> that's not Matt. Could be. Should be. Better movie. Would it? No. Because <laughs> the script still exists. Turns out that there's a missile heading towards New York City. Yeah. We get a Fox News report. With uh, from, from Maureen Ponderosa. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe what I saw it. I was like, "Is that really?" <laughs> and what? I like how it's a Fox News thing because this is a 21st century Fox right. feature film, right? And she's saying like, "Oh, it's the end of all times." <laughs> right? <yeah. laughs> just, like, just wow, this is actually like right on the nose for Fox News. It's this headed, is great. Headed right toward the Tri-State <laughs> area, and we are all probably going to die. And Matt is like, "Maybe somebody should do something." But uh, wink, 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 wink. Oh yeah, hard wink. Hard wink, big ding. But Jenny's like, no, I don't want to leave you and Hannah alone. So she just sits there. She's like, well, her whole thing is that she's like, why can't anyone step up and help me? Like, she's like, this is what the Air Force is for. Yeah. To handle this situation. Yeah. But mostly it's because she doesn't want to leave Matt with Hannah. Yeah. That's like. For good reason, like too. Like 97% of the reason. For good reason. Yeah. Thruple. Finally. It's on Matt's mind. She relents and goes and saves the city. Very quickly. Very quickly. It's very quickly she, done. She flies up to the missile, kicks it, blows it up, and is back. For dinner. Got there before the app probably got there. Bam. She's walking walking up to the, the restaurant, and Matt and Hannah are, are embracing. embracing. Big old hugs. That's what you do. Uh-oh. I mean, they're friends. Yeah, come on. 
You don't hug your friends? No, you don't, actually. You son of a bitch. Sorry, bud. Wow. Hug everyone else but you. Wow. Huh? <laughs> wow. Rude. Jenny goes a little cuckoo on the drive home. A little cuckoo? She smashes the window out of the car. I like how right after she smashes, she goes, I'll pay for that. I'm sorry. I'll pay for it. At this point, Matt's like, all right, she's crazy. I need to break up with her. But at the same time, he also knows, he's like, I'm going to say just realizing, but not at all just realizing, that he does have feelings for Hannah. Are those feelings, like with your wiener? Is that what the feelings are? No, it's not. They get along great. It's like heart feelings. Like wiener heart? It's like- The heart of your wiener? Yeah. The Or the wiener of your heart. That all checks out. The wiener of your heart. So Dwight gives him advice on breaking up with Jenny. How do you think that goes? Oh, it's it's just real good advice. Real good advice. Oh, God. Why is he in this movie? And it's weird because I actually think he holds this movie together. I think the reason he's in the movie is to make Matt seem less creepy. Matt is creepy on his own. He is, but I think Dwight's purpose is to make... I keep calling him Dwight, and now it's not even ironically anymore. I'm just calling him Dwight. It's just easier that way. His whole purpose is to be the super creepy one, so you're not like, oh, Matt's a piece of shit. Right. Because Dwight's a piece of shit. A lot of pieces of shit in this movie. Uh, Bedlam. Piece of shit. He's a pretty big piece of shit. <laughs> so Matt breaks it off with Jenny, and she vows to make him regret the decision by, like, boiling his fish and flying through his ceiling. Now, this is the part where I said this movie's unrealistic, because oh, she does, is... she boils the fish with the, the laser eyes. Yeah. And Matt has to reach in, he grabs the fish, and he yep. puts it in the cooler thing. Now, here's the thing about fish. Me and my wife had a fish one time. Yeah. It's a little beta fish. We sure. named it Shithead after the jerk, the dog and the jerk. Sure. Come on, Shithead. Ah, Shithead. That. Yeah. And she went to change the water one time and put the fish in water that was just a tiny bit too warm. Okay. And the fish just croaked on the spot. It was a beta fish. Just on the spot, though. She's heating up water with her laser eyes in this fish. Totally fine. It was a gradual. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't gradual. This movie's unrealistic. That there it is. We this don't is, care for that. This is where we lost Dave. The boiling fish. That's it. He's out. This movie's not Completely for me anymore. Completely out. Completely out. The bartender still really hates Dwight, even in Matt's dreams, because he has a little dream sequence where he imagines telling Dwight that Jenny is G girl, and then she shows up to threaten him with said chainsaw from before. None of this works for me. There's no reason for this scene. There's no reason for this whole act. But because the first act in this the movie is, is funny. Yeah, the first act of this movie is realistically up until the breakup almost. Because the third act is like it's so weirdly structured. Very weird. We'll get there. I want to talk say about that. Realistic? It's unrealistic. The fish. We went over this already. No, no, no. But before this act, it's realistic? Yeah, the superhero lady and the Uma Thurman and the wow. That all that stuff? Yeah, okay. And the and the wow. Not even in this movie. It's a documentary, more or less, at that point. Fair. Fair. G-Girl. The, the hero that New York City... It's not the one they deserve. It's, it's what they got, though. That reminds me of an email we have, actually. Oh, no. Unintentional segue, but since we're here... Wow. So we got this email back from uh, the number one superfan, Steven, back of course we did. in January. Oh, jeez. Just been kind of sitting on this one, actually, uh, until the right time. I was going to save it for a Batman movie, but it just came up. So he's got a question about... In the Christopher Nolan Batman series, the phrase, he's the hero we need, not deserve. Does that mean that Gotham deserves better or they don't deserve Batman, as in he's too good for them? I've often gone back and forth due to the context, but it's just not that well written of a phrase. Yet it becomes an iconic quote from the movie. Well, here's another iconic quote from a movie. With great power comes great responsibility. Also doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense in terms of that movie, so... In context, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't yeah, work Yeah, some things sound really good... When they're like written on a script and the actor says it aloud to a camera in a believable format. But sometimes <laughs> it's bullshit. But it sounds really good. But this is the Dark Knight. I mean, that doesn't change anything. This is the question is, he's the hero we need not deserve. Do they not deserve Batman? Or do they not need Batman? Or do they deserve better than Batman? Uh, I, Batman thinks I here's the, I think the quote means two different things depending yeah. on who's saying it. When Batman says it, he means that Gotham deserves Harvey Dent. He's the I hero agree. that they deserve. Yes. But when Commissioner Gordon says it, he means Batman is the, the one they deserve, or they don't deserve him because he's too good for them. Yeah. Because he's willing to do- And they could solve this problem very fast if they just go across the river to Metropolis and Superman just flies on over every now and then. It'll yeah, be, it'll be but, just fine. But it'd be a real short, boring movie, and it would suck. They somehow dragged out all those Superman movies. Yeah, but this is a Batman movie. Batman villains very easily defeated by Superman. Yeah. That's... <laughs> That's not wrong. 
which is why oh, he sucks. You punched me in the head, Superman. You were born into the darkness. I would. Ow! Ow! Fuck! <laughs> they would be pretty easily defeated, wouldn't they? Uh, I feel like Superman could just boil Bane alive inside that mask on his face. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Yeah. It means it food means for both. thought. It means stuff. It means it means whatever you want it to mean deep in the heart of your wiener. Right in the heart of your wiener. Matt goes to work because somehow in this movie we still have that kind of realism. Like there's a superhero after him. He's just gonna go to work. G girl taunts him in the window and he accidentally throws Hannah on the ground. But his boss is there again, Wanda Sykes, and then he gets all flustered and calls her homegirl, which is not not good. You shouldn't do that. She's like, What'd you call me? You shouldn't do that. As Brian would call it, it's casual racism. Uh yeah, actually, I think that is casual <laughs> racism. Uh, it's racism nonetheless, but casual. And then uh, she has the best line of the movie when she says, that dude has a major case of the hornies. So on the nose. I I just died laughing. Bravo movie. So Bravo good. movie. You've done something that we, we've never thought was possible. Oh, Right was, on the nose. Nailed it. Wanda Sykes was the secret narrator the whole time. Man, she's the hero we deserve. And the one we need. Yeah, it's the best. Matt's car goes missing, and there's a giant hole in the wall of the garage in front of where it was parked, so he has to leave work. Yep. And <laughs> G-Girl shows up later at, at his, his apartment, apartment again and says, She's like, I, I just, gotta use your use telescope. telescope. <laughs> I was like half expecting to see this car sitting on the moon. Yeah, that's exactly where my thought went. Oh, my flying God. Flying through space. This movie was incepting us again. Yeah, flying through space. Flying and it through says, space. says, you suck on it. Yeah. And then uh, he calls her crazy, and she uses her heat vision to burn the word to- Dick into yep. his forehead. Sure does. Phenomenal. Because, yes, petty, but definitely something that is realistic. realistic. I completely agree. We're back to realism again. Let's see how yes. long we can keep it for. Heat vision, writing dick in someone's forehead. Realism. We did it. At Matt's big meeting with the Beijing, they just call it Beijing. They never yeah. say, like, the clients from Beijing. They're just the the meeting with Beijing. Beijing yep. is in the, in the conference room. <laughs> G-Girl uses her super speed to strip him nude in front of his potential clients, Hannah and Carla. Yeah, while he's wearing a beanie because he had to cover up the dickhead. Right. <laughs> uh, he also used part of the model to cover up the dickhead. Yeah, that's right. Hey, hey. Uh, he gets fired. Naturally. Because he sporadically got naked. Sporadically. Like, if you blinked, he also, would have had clothes and he wouldn't have clothes anymore. If we were still doing capies and potties, this would deserve a nomination for most obvious body double? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Completely agree. So Matt plans to leave the city because, you know, he doesn't have a job now. There's a superhero after him. Professor Bedlam shows up at his place in order to enlist his aid in defeating G-Girl, neutralizing her, not killing her. Killing this, is this, killing. This movie is completely lost Neutralizing is neutral. Right now. Completely lost. Bedlam reveals he has a way to steal her powers, but he needs Matt to lure her into the trap. Matt refuses and continues with his plan to leave town when Hannah calls him. He misses the call and, worried that G-Girl has done something, rushes to her apartment. And why does he rush there? Because she needs help. Yeah, because he thinks that she's in trouble, hurting. Yeah, and when he gets there, uh, sexy time. Turns out that Hannah <laughs> caught her boyfriend in bed with two or three other women. It's a very funny moment. And That's Anna Faris at her finest. Oh, absolutely. When she does something like that, says the delivering those lines that two, way. Maybe three, I don't know. I wasn't Pitch perfect. So she broke up with him, as you do. Yes. Matt and Hannah confess their feelings to each other and have regular people regular sex. Regular people sex is so boring right so now. So boring after super sex. So vanilla. Free fall sex. Wow. And then you're just going to give me- It's kind of like a Squidward. Wow. <laughs> Owen Wilson as Squidward? Sign me up. The next morning, G-Girl sees them together from Hannah's window and throws a shark at them. Ooh, um, This might be the throws dumbest- Throws a shark yeah, at no, them. No, I, I heard it. It's a real CGI shark, too. Uh, so like the most CGI shark real CGI that's shark. ever existed. The most CGI. I brought up Sharknado earlier. More realistic. Yeah. This movie somehow manages to jump the shark. Uh, but it's like a bad movie while at this Luke point already. Wilson is jumping so yeah. the shark. Um, Why? Why? I don't why? know. If you were The shark, movie, by the way. The shark, she throws it. And the shark is chasing Luke Wilson through the apartment. Yeah. And like moving every time it bites. I'm starting to think um, that. That can't be how sharks work. I don't think Don Payne knows how uh, aquatic creatures work. Simpsons writer Don Payne. Yeah. Does not know how this works. Doesn't know how. 
I think the marine bigger, biology. Yeah, the bigger issue is that boiling fish and cinematographer Don Burgess doesn't know how film filming works. Sometimes, sometimes. Oscar nominated Don Burgess. I was going to say, I was like, same Don Burgess. Yeah, uh, Forrest Gump. He got nominated for best cinematography. Sure, I'll give it that. Okay. I'll give Forrest oh, Gump something. He's, he's That's got- fine. We've seen this work recently in Aquaman, which looks incredible. It's gorgeous. He's got a weird filmography where Don Burgess has done such films as, I said Forrest Gump already. Yep. Right after that, he went to Richie Rich because, okay. of course you do. Naturally. Of course. He did Contact, did What Lies Beneath, Castaway. We've seen him with Spider-Man. Oh, wow. Sam Raimi. Yeah. The OJ. A Terminator movie's in there. Radio's in there. 13 going on 30. Polar Express. Which is Damn. a very technical film. He for just what it likes is. Tom Hanks. Of course he does. Who doesn't? He knows how to shoot a film. He's proven that a and couple times. The tricky part is, is that when you're shooting, I'm going to Martin Scorsese this thing all over. When you're shooting proper cinema and you're lighting things <laughs> differently, like to actually create a mood. This is a theme park ride, Dave. This is literally not, the Universal Studios with theme comedy, park ride. With comedy, you do a lot more flat lighting so that you can capture a lot more emotion throughout it. He was going to propose it's... to Hannah when the shark jumped out of the water. Right, but- you light stuff very brightly in comedy movies. Yes. It's just what you do. And it's so that you can use multiple cameras. You can capture more things. You can create exactly. a little more improvisation on set for the actors in order to get the whole scene across in a more realistic way. Yeah. What the fuck is he doing here? Everything is so washed out. And then he throws a CGI shark in the middle of it all. And it looks awful. This is probably the dumbest thing we've ever seen. It's up there for sure. It has to be up there. It's way up there. Was it my least favorite part of the movie? Really? I don't know what was. Oh, we'll get there. But I'm sure. But no, this was this was stupid. This was terrible. This was, you know what? Good idea. Poor execution. Poor idea, poor execution. <laughs> Matt goes to Professor Bedlam and agrees to help him defeat G-Girl. He sees a whole shrine to Uma Thurman at this house, which yeah. is creepy as all hell. Barry instructs Matt to lure Jenny to a meeting where she can be exposed to another meteorite that will draw away her powers, leaving her a mere mortal. What, the rock? No, the ham. It's a, actually a very good line. Very good line. Professor Bedlam. Because he keeps work. the meteor in a, in in a refrigerator. refrigerator. On top of a ham. Sure. Matt shows up to the art gallery and apologizes to Jenny, telling her he wants her back. And she's like, yeah, okay. They have a little candlelight dinner at Matt's apartment rooftop. And every character promptly joins. Every in single movie. character in Every the movie. character minus Wanda Sykes Aww. is now on this rooftop for reasons. reasons. Hannah arrives and sees Jenny sitting on Matt's lap and the two women start fighting. In the struggle, Jenny's superhero identity is revealed to Hannah. Also, Dwight shows up with Yankees tickets, and he finds out that she's a girl, too. <laughs> and he just doesn't stop talking about Yankees tickets. He's like, no, we can go right now. They're fighting. Let's go. Let's just go. Matt tells Dwight to open the box containing the meteor, and Jenny's drained of her powers. We got a fair cat fight now. Fair fight. For Luke Wilson. <laughs> you know. If you didn't think the fish was unrealistic before. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Bedlam appears, revealing that he intends to take the powers for himself. While he and Matt fight, Jenny crawls to the charged meteorite to attempt to regain her powers, but Hannah intervenes just as Jenny grabs a meteorite, which explodes in a burst of power. Guess what happens next? They both die. They're both super. <laughs> God damn it. I like that Dwight's like, no, she's dead. You should probably just move on. Just immediately. Just like, oh yeah, she died. She died. Let's it go to the out. game. Come to the farm with me and Moe's. It'll be great. Live with us on our beet farm. Both Hannah and Jenny are catapulted off the roof, apparently to their deaths. Jenny appears within seconds, powers restored, threatening even more mayhem. Hannah reappears, also exposed to the meteorite's energies and now possessing the same powers as G-Girl. Yep. And then they they fight harder with A lot of spinnies. So many spinnies. So many spinnies. It's insane how many spinnies happen here. Also, Dwight runs into the bartender again on the street. Of course he does. Because why not? He says, I'm with them. And she goes, all right. Oh, okay. Okay. So I guess never mind and then never talk to me again thing. Yeah, uh, let's just keep moving. This, Finally, this movie needs to end at some point, right? Matt gets him to stop fighting by saying, hey, stop. And uh, then he tells Jenny that, solved. that <laughs> Professor Bedlam, her arch nemesis, is actually her true love. Right. And, and she's that, like, no, you're probably right. And then they Yeah, they, they, they do hug. They do a hug. They and don't even kiss. They do a hug. The hug. Mostly because Eddie Izzard's like four foot seven and, and Uma, Uma Thurman's like, like 10 6'11". <laughs> Man. Hannah and Matt then have some of that Ebert delight and crash the bed through the wall into Matt's neighbor's apartment. An undisclosed amount of time passes. Bedlam and Jenny drop off Matt's car and cries are heard from afar. Jenny and Hannah become partners in crime fighting and take off to tackle the emergency together. Matt and Barry are left holding their purses and clothes and leave to go get a beer together. The end. Nope. 
There's a mid-credits scene. You're right. It's actually terrific. It's fucking miserable. You think so? I do. Why? Dwight, Dwight hooks up with the bartender. That's the mid-credits scene. Yeah, but then he says that his superpower is the sex. She is, says that. Yeah, but that's pretty funny. It's not. That's pretty funny. It's not. That this miserable fuck is just the bone machine. <sighs> bone Dwight is ready. I hate it. Hate it. That's my super ex-girlfriend from 2006, directed by the Ivan Reitman. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck indeed. Let's take a break. That boy has a major case of the hornies. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. What? A- Audible. Huh? It's the thing that Peyton Manning yells Omaha for. Oh, stakes. It's, it's it's not. Audible's content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. All of them? Every one of them. That's amazing. They're all on Audible. Just trust me. You Every can, one of them is there. You can hear them. Because they're your, Audible. In your ears. For you, our beloved listeners. Audible is offering a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash superstuff and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Some examples that you could go for? I'm reading a book called The Good Neighbor, Fred Rogers Story. Are you reading it? Or are you listening, I'm listening to it? I'm listening to it. You can't. It's not visual. It's audible. You can, you can read in your car. You sure can. While driving. Yeah. They crack the code. You can do it. They finally did You're it. totally allowed to. And it's legal. It's great. It's, it's the best. Totally legal. Try out Audible. Get a free audiobook. On us at audibletrial.com slash superstuff. You know what, Dave? What's that, Brad? I'm sick and tired of ads. Is there a way that we don't have to listen to ads? Yeah. In fact, this is an ad telling you that you don't have to listen to ads. Stitcher Premium has some of your favorite shows ad-free, like the Joe Rogan Experience, My Favorite Murder, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and the Marvel original Wolverine, The Long Night. You'd think Conan O'Brien has found friends by now with all those episodes. <laughs> all those great comedy gold episodes. It's the hair. Everybody's jealous of the hair. I get it. Stitcher Premium also includes early access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and more. And more? So much more. You can go to stitcherpremium.com and upgrade your account for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Plus, sign up with our offer code CAPED at checkout and get the first month for free. Whoa! A whole free month. Wowie zowie. With offer code CAPED. C-A-P-E-D. CAPED. The pose that you did while reading the word cape is <laughs> like I be was wearing a cape. Burned into my head like the word dick in this movie. Yeah, well, Stitcher Premium. It's like Stitcher, but premium. Why did G Girl throw a shark at us? My super ex girlfriend. Let's talk about what's right, what's wrong about this movie. We just went through the whole thing. There's a lot right. There's, there's like a lot. I can't even stress how much a bit right, right there is right. I think the thing that blows my mind the most is I was insanely invested in this movie, probably the first 45 minutes where they're setting up the whole story. I agree. And I thought it was fascinating how you have, first of all, a male lead who's not super at all. Right. And he's getting into a relationship with a super woman. You might even say he's like Luke Wilson. You might even say that. To me, that's such a cool dynamic to set up. And it almost felt like some sort of like Nora Ephron script of You Got Male or A Sleepless Seattle where you have a, like a, a meet cute where they get together. And you start exploring this relationship. Yeah. And I think that her being super is so cool. It's such a unique way to go about it. Definitely, but the problem that yeah. gets me is that it's one of those movies that could just be completely, I guess, solved by them just talking. Well, yeah, but I mean, one of those? isn't that most romantic comedies? Uh, to a point. With this one, it's especially that because, yeah, Jenny has some issues going on because she's all super and has all these emotions and probably hormones just raging within her. That would make sense. And I think it's because she's super. I don't think that pre-super Jenny is, sure. is going around trying to fuck everything that moves. Or, Doesn't seem or that Luke way. Wilson. Uh, not when you're Luke Wilson. Maybe when you're Rain Wilson. Maybe. But I wish that they just stayed with exploring this relationship. I wish that they didn't do the whole dumping and then revenge thing because that just seemed like such a cop out. Yeah, but then it would just be, be called my super girlfriend. No, I, I don't. I want them to break up, oh, but okay. I want them to have to work through it in a non-revenge filled way. Like, it doesn't seem like she'd be the type of person who would want to inflict this type of rage upon Luke Wilson. Are you just assuming that because she has the same powers as Superman? No. I think it'd make it more interesting if they didn't do that entire middle part. Because even at the end, they set up the idea of her having a partner and you have like a double date type thing going on. Yeah. And that's a cool dynamic, too. Yeah. Just a couple dudes hanging out while their wives save the world. That's that's pretty neat. I'd watch that, actually. Yeah. So it feels like this movie knew what it was going after but it just didn't want to go the whole way with that cool idea 
it seemed like he built the whole story around, I'm going to break up with this girl, and she's going to be a fucking tormentor to me. Yeah. And then he worked around that, when realistically, he should have worked around that and then said, fuck this entire middle part here. Let's make this thing a rom-com, but not have over-the-top garbage. I feel like the over-the-top garbage was what made it the superhero parody, though. But it didn't need to be a superhero parody. Well, then it's not this movie, then. You're just talking about it a completely be. different movie. I, I, Of course I am. I'm talking about a better movie that doesn't exist. <laughs> This thing doesn't have to be a parody. It could be its own original thing that's going on here where just explore this relationship yeah, because but... it's a very cool relationship that's going on here. Yeah. It's a great original idea, but I feel like Don Payne wrote it as a way of getting into these crazy antics. Of course he did. It seemed like it was reverse engineered, the whole story. A big time, especially because a lot of the comedy bits are inconsequential to the plot. They don't matter at all. And some of the dialogue is okay. Yeah. At points. I laughed quite a bit in this movie. Me too. Out loud. I also didn't laugh. I groaned. I audibly groaned. That happened a few times, too. If Wanda Sykes was on screen, I was laughing. Belly laughing. She's so good in this movie. She's perfect. I just don't... I, I can't... I don't know. This movie just doesn't sit well with me overall. Did I enjoy the movie? Probably. I, I would... I'm going to go probably. I'm leaning towards, yes, I enjoyed it, but it's definitely not aged well. No, I like things about this movie, and I like them a whole lot. And I think that it's because we talk about superhero garbage every single week. Yeah, that I think it's really refreshing. Us, it, well, no, I don't. I think it's one of those things of we're so used to exploring the superhero dynamics that go on within these worlds that we talk about. Yeah, it's not for the the everyman, the layperson. It's for the insane people like us. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. I mean, they even have a, a line in there about how, oh yeah, your name is is Jenny Johnson. They get the whole alliteration thing going on. Yeah, wink. Ding. Great. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, how do you think this thing did? Uh, probably not great. No, it didn't do great. 35? It did 40. Oh, okay. Yeah, the audience score is 31. It did oh, worse with the audience. I was right in the middle. <laughs> so, that checks out, though. I guess Because at least so. half the audience is women, and yeah. this movie's not good to them. Uh, Wanda is great to them. Wanda is. Wanda it's one character keeps who's everyone in, in line. She's got like three minutes of screen time. It's such a wasted character. She's in so good. 96-minute movie. It's more screen time than we had. Me and you, so that's, that's something. That's something. On Amazon.com, this thing somehow has a 4.2 out of 5 stars. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's got 62% 5 star, Ugh. so a little more than half. That's- 9% are 1 star. Yeah. And they're all legit. Okay. Where they're just like, fuck, no this, fun. fuck this movie. It's, there's nothing fun about it. Yeah. The one that I did pull, it kind of listed things off. It is from August 13, 2009. And he gave a list of 10 reasons why this movie sucks. He says, given time, I could think of hundreds. 10 things I yep, hate about but this movie. for the sake of brevity, here are 10 reasons why my super ex-girlfriend is horrifically, inherently, overwhelmingly, incessantly, belligerently, and desperately bad. Was this written by the ginger skull? I might as well. <laughs> Number 10. Neurotic, insecure, insanely jealous superheroes are not only not funny, but get on my nerves. Okay. Number nine, Uma Thurman needs to stick to slasher shoot 'em ups and avoid comedy. Uh, well, I disagree with that. I kind of do too. Number eight, Luke Wilson whines, gripes, moans, and whimpers more than a room full of teen girls just informed the Jonas Brothers concert has been canceled. Oh, wow. Number seven, plus he's not funny. <laughs> Number six, the moving bed sequence was just plain lame. Oh, get up. But this film is so bad, we're going to get to see this sight gag twice. It's brilliant. And I the second time, funnier, it paid off. Yeah, I think it's funnier the second time. How he says, oh, I'm sorry I broke it. He says, what, my penis or the bed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll replace it. The penis or my bed? Both. Number five, Wanda Sykes. What's wrong with Wanda Sykes? That's he left it at that. Oh, fuck this. Number guy. four, Eddie Izzard. Are What's you her? kidding me? What? No, you are not kidding me. No. Number three, Rain Wilson. It's the most annoying sidekick since Gabby Hayes. Yeah, he's pretty awful. I don't know what Gabby Hayes is. I tried Google, I couldn't figure it out, so. Okay. It's got to be a thing. It must be a thing. Fine. I'm not aware of what it is either. Number two, Anna Faris's considerable comedic talents are completely and utterly wasted. And I actually agree. I think her character is very forced in this thing. Yeah. Fine. It's pretty forced. But I, forced, I don't know if it's the right word. I think they kind of underuse her. It's one of her very earliest roles. Yeah. But like in that, that uh, Ebert Delight scene at the end. <laughs> Good the, word for it. She makes the exact face she makes in all the scary movie movies. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yep, there's we get Anna it. Ferris. We get it. This is her being funny. Got it. Yeah. Number one, too bad that CGI shark wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Had to go a long way to get to that one. That's, but uh, there you have it. That's 
The number one problem with this movie is that too bad the CGI shark wasn't real. I don't get it. It's an interesting review. Yeah. It, a lot of those bullet points were just completely wrong. They're completely wrong. And I don't understand why they didn't talk about the superpowers more. Because they never really define what their superpowers are. All of them. And it is, it's seemingly all of them. But is there anything that she can't do? That's a good question. It doesn't make Incoming message from the Big Giant Web. Oh, goody. The Big Giant Web is a podcast within a podcast that explores the fringe superhero world where we kind of stretch the limits on this thing. Oh, yeah. As far as we can go. Let's see. The X-Men. That's a team of X-Men. We talked about them three times so far. We wish we talked about them zero times, but we had to do it. <laughs> You're welcome, number one psychic superfan Steven and no one else. I wouldn't L- say nobody, nobody else. nobody else. The X-Men are terrible. We've talked about how there are dumb X-Men that have just garbage powers. Sure. Just the worst powers. One of my favorite runs of the X-Men is called Worst X-Men Ever. (laughs) That's such a good thing. I found a really dumb superpower. Okay. And I shouldn't say it's a dumb superpower. It's uh, it's a woman. This woman has a thing called synesthesia. Oh, that's, uh, that's almost like a real thing. It is a real thing. It's real. Synesthesia. Yeah. She can taste words. Oh, that's worse than actual synesthesia. And that makes it feel to me like an X-Men superpower. And I found this article this week and I went, that's a that's a thing? You could taste words. Yeah. So the thing that she was doing on Twitter, she was having people send their name in and she was describing the taste of their name. Okay. This is kind of weird because I'm going to give you a few of them. Sure. Like Jesus tastes yeah. like a Malteser. Uh, okay. I could see that. Barbara is a plastic colored ring. Keith is a minty chewing gum. Caitlin is sponge cake. And Tilly just buttons on an old-fashioned 1950s shop. Huh? Buttons? Buttons. Like a shop. Oh, shop till. Oh, okay. So like a cash register, I suppose? Yeah. It was very weird. How does she know what that tastes like, though? I I don't know. Is she just going around, like, licking things to be like, oh, it tastes like that word? Well, let me ask you this. Did she lick you? No, why? Because I couldn't find the word Dave. That she, no one put the word Dave in there. All right. But there's a Brian. Okay. Do you want to guess what you taste like in, oh, in synesthesia mouth? Probably here? something like X Men. Sweet as hell. Uh, well, you're wrong. Oh, you're God. completely wrong. Hit me with it. What do I taste like, Dave? Brian is a coconut caught between my teeth. Okay, that's uh, not a pleasant. No, it's an annoying coconut. Really, it's it's not a pleasant texture, but the taste is fine. <laughs> I suppose so, and it lingers because it's in the teeth. That all checks out. Yeah. So this is a really dumb X Men <laughs> superpower. <laughs> that is. The worst superpower ever. I'm surprised ever. no one's put this out there yet. Like, Chris Claremont writing this down, like, I got a brilliant idea. This well, I mean, is fucking isn't genius. Dazzler basically just synesthesia? I guess so. It's like, ah, oh, I make colors. I don't that, know. That's got to be it, right? I, I don't know. I thought this thing was real fringe superhero. Like, this actually fringe, could be and I an love X-Men thing. <laughs> and I'm happy it's not, because <laughs> I would put it on a, another level of shit. It's a, wait, bring in the girl. Bring it out. We need to find out what Magneto tastes like. Magnets. Metal. Tastes. Tastes, he tastes like metal. Okay, but. What what type of metal? Copper. I, Just dirty I pennies. Don't, I Magneto don't know. tastes like dirty this pennies. This is ridiculous. What does Nightcrawler taste like? Like sulfur. He gross. stinks. It's so gross. <laughs> There's your big giant one for this week. So good. Here's a fun fact. There's facts and fun in this movie at all? Well, there's a little bit of fun. And there's like two facts, I think. <laughs> there was nothing on IMDb for this movie. No, no. Uh, but Anna Ferris apparently claimed during an audience Q&A on an episode of Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen that her best on-screen kiss was with Luke Wilson in this movie. Really? Now, keep in mind that she has kissed Chris Evans and Ryan Reynolds in other movies, and this was her best on-screen kiss. Wow. Wow. So I just find that hard I to I think believe. the coaching from Uma Thurman is really what did it. It has to be. <laughs> I just uh that is incredible. It's weird. Because I guess I guess somebody in the audience asked like what was your best on-screen kiss and what was your worst and she wouldn't answer worst. But she did that say makes me I always wish they would. Luke Wilson was the best. When was this? Was this it like was, recent or was it This was like in a 2018 episode of the show. That is 12 years after this movie came out. She was still thinking about that her. kiss. That's also cuz her and the Pratt Splitsville. Was it 2018 though? Yeah, it was before that. Really? Yeah. It's been that long. Holy it's been a shit. while. Hey, how long do you think it took him to film this movie? Four weeks. <laughs> what the fuck? Wow. So here's the thing about filmmaking and how long it takes to make things. And I'm going to go off of a TV perspective. Okay. And then a, a movie perspective. Sure. 
on 30 Rock, it took us six days to make a half hour episode. Wow. Which is, it's a long time, but when you think about it, it's pretty reasonable. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like a week and a day. It's, that's fine. Yeah. On the following, for an hour long episode, it took us around eight days for the most part, occasionally nine. Sure. When you get something like The Wolf of Wall Street, that was like 80 days or something nuts like yeah. that. Yeah. This took four weeks. Four weeks. How does that even, well. This took the same amount of time it took to make three hour long episodes of a TV like, show at like, a much lower budget. Like a quarter of a season because of a sitcom? Maybe, because this movie cost $30 million to make. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, what? Uh, explains the CGI Everything shark. about this felt so rushed. Everything. Well, now we know why. But they're moving it, around. It literally was. Yeah, but they're moving around New York so much, location-wise, too. Yeah. How did this happen? Beats me. Miracles? No, because it came out with this. That's true. Miracles are usually reserved for good things. Fair. Um... Poor planning? That might do it. <laughs> that might do it. Good, because I'm out of guesses after that. <sighs> what a mess. Do you want to give this thing a super stuff score? I think we have to at this point. Let's start off with story and motivation. The story's okay. The story's pretty good. I actually kind of like it. I'm going to give the story a one. Okay. The motivation, I don't get. The motivation, yeah. It's, uh, I'm going to talk to this girl because my buddy Dwight says to. And yeah, then, but uh, that's just kind of the way to get him and then there. I'm that's okay. date her and not really like her at all the whole time, but then find out she's G-girl, so stay with her because it's cool. But yeah. Then also- So you're looking at a .75 for story. Let's look at the motivation, which is almost non-existent. Nothing. Nothing. I'm trying to figure all out right, what his motivation is, and it's- No, it's a zero, so let's go .25 and go on the lower end of this one. No. No, I don't think so. I kind of want to go 0.5 cuz I 0.5 cuz I like the good. idea. Yeah. I do like the idea. The I'll talk myself there. into it. Let's talk about the hero. Is it I guess it's Luke Wilson. Ugh, dirty. I, I know I like him better than dirty, you. Do dirty. Dirty. In this movie. Dirty. Yeah, I don't like him. I don't like him in this movie. I don't think he's miscast at all though, which no. is the crazy no, thing. No, I think he's he's very well cast. Yeah. And I think he's supposed to be unassuming, so you you're not creeped out by him. I wish you would turn it down just a notch. The perviness down a notch, because his comedy moments are his great. Comedy in this moments movie. are great. What pervy moments in specific are you talking about? All the stuff with Anna Ferris. <sighs> I don't know, man. I think having Wanda there actually helped those scenes along a oh, lot. Oh, big time, big time. Because it makes you go like, yeah, you are being kind it of a creep. You, and he even stops. It in, makes like, you in his contextualize, tracks. like, okay, this is an office that should not be happening here. But like, if it, if it was the two of them in a bar, it'd be fine. So you want to go point five, or are you thinking higher? No, I'm thinking like point two five. Oh, that's fine yeah, with yeah, me. Yeah. I thought you were thinking higher. I was trying to give you the leg up. No, no, no. no. I, I mean, like, I, I like him better than you, but he's still a garbage person. Perfect. Villains. <laughs> Bedlam. Eddie Izzard. Bedlam. He's fine. Yeah. He, makes, he has a rock thing going on. What there. about G-Girl? She's sort of she villainous. She's a villain to the hero. That actually makes her more of a villain, doesn't it? Yeah, because she, she's really antagonizing him. I think she's got a lot of issues going on because she has all these powers and they're running wild in her. Yeah. Definitely, and I don't think she dates much. No, she does not. Um, which is going to have an effect on her. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Relationship maturity. That's fine. So I don't know. She it, drops the secret real fast of like I'm G girl. Yeah, she's well. What's the G stand for? Nobody knows. <laughs> Still don't it's never know. explained. It's, uh, Jenny Johnson G girl. Right. All checks out yep. for this movie. I don't Perfect know. sense. She burns the word dick into his forehead, which is pretty great. That's. Next level. Yeah. Like, could villainous. You, could you Very imagine villainous. if, like, if Doc Ock did that to Spider-Man? <laughs> like, Peter Parker's got to go to class and it just says dick on his forehead. That's great. Yeah, some people do the shape vanilla on their forehead. That's a dick. That's, That's a, a dick. Somebody once told me that. I'll go point five. That feels like a safe place to land. Do you not want to be safe with this one? No, I, th I think that's All appropriate. Right. So, point five. Point five. Because I don't want to go lower, but don't want to go higher. Right. Parents, we know nothing about. Nothing. We know nothing. Literally nothing. So zero. that's a big fat zero. Female characters. Wanda's getting her own one. Wanda's no getting a what. one, but uh, I think uh, everybody else brings it down to just a negative one. You want to go that low with it? It's so bad. Yeah. Every it's single not great. despicable man in this movie ends up with exactly what he wants. Yeah. So against. Do you want to go zero or do you want to go negative on this thing? I think Wanda saves it from being a negative, honestly. So let's go flat zero. Flat zero. Thank you, Wanda. Saint Wanda. Thank God for Wanda Sykes. Best thing in this movie. Hands down. Setting. New York. It's, it's New York. Insanely it's New York. So, it's so New York. They didn't, they didn't have time to make it anything else. You're right. <laughs> easy, easy one. That's a one. Style and tone. It's 
so blown out the way it looks. It looks terrible. Yeah. The yeah. style's bad. The tone's bad. Um, I want to call it a zero and move on. This yeah. thing, it's just yeah, an yeah. well, awful looking movie. Even her super suit, there's nothing to it. That's true. Because and we she don't, has like three yeah, different versions of exactly. it. Exactly. there's no, yeah. I want an easy zero. Easy. Music. Teddy Castellucci. Yes, who famously did like all of the Adam Sandler movies up until Click. When, you could tell though, because when, it sounds, they all sound the same. It's like that canned music. You could just throw it anywhere. Right. It's, it's oh, let me just uh, crack open this music. It's you in know, a can. Canned music. That's right. But yeah, he was famous yeah. for the Adam Sandler movies until famous composer Rupert Gregson Williams took over on Click, and then everything Happy Madison since then. Yeah, and then everything went downhill in Teddy Castellucci's life. Big time. Zero. This music is terrible. The music is. It's terrible. Honestly, the music in this movie. I'm okay going negative 0.5. I don't think it's that bad. Okay, I, I tried. Zero is right. I'm trying here. I know, I can feel it. One-liners. I almost have nothing. Nothing that stands out, at least, because there are a lot of funny moments. There's a lot of funny moments. None of it's sticky. Right. I'm okay going zero on this one. Yeah. I'm trying to think There's of There's nothing anything. sticky. My penis or the bed? Nah, no. That was like an a, afterthought, too. It's a zero. Yeah. And impact on the genre. Oh, boy. Yeah. Probably a zero. I think that's also like going to be a zero. Like a real big fat one. That's uh, whoo. <laughs> it's not a great movie. We it's know not, that already. It's not great. A great. Not a great movie that I kind of enjoyed. Yeah. Most of the uh, time. It was so close to being almost good. Right. But it's also not bad enough that it's good because it's like legit. Right. There's some good parts to this movie. Right. If it was bad the whole way through, it would have been a lot more enjoyable, actually. Right. If Before you give us that super stuff score. Yeah. Would you recommend this movie? It depends on who's asking. Okay. There are certain people that'd be like, yeah, watch it. And there are people that'd be like, no, don't go near it. Don't even touch no. it with a There's giant kryptonite rock. It's a big Whatever old sign of the time it was made. Sure. There's a lot of a lot of uh, terrible things happening to women in it. There's a little bit of homophobia in there. A little bit of shark hate. There's a lot of Fish shark Fish out of hate. water. There's a lot of marine biology hate, it, you're, honestly. Uh, you're actually right. They treat fish The unrealistic poorly. boiled fish. I wouldn't recommend it either. I get it. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> to that effect, its total super stuff score is a two point two five. Respectable. Yeah, that's, for this a, move, for that's a half point lower than Suburban Commando. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about next week? Next week, uh, we're going to be talking about the old Spider Boy. He's coming back, but we're done with all the tobes, tubes, and threes. So, we're moving on to the Garfs with the amazing Spider Man. That's right, or as I call it. Spider-Man close to home. Aha. I, I see what you did there. Yeah. That's going to be a fun one to talk about, I think. It's going to be a I've, fun one I've to I've only seen it through. once. Uh, Brian says that because I worked on the New York reshoots for The Amazing Spider-Man and got a little inside stuff. That might be coming up. We'll see. This we got, is, we'll see. We'll see. It's hard to tiptoe through some things, and we're going to find out the hard way of how hard it could be. Only time will tell. It'll be great. I've only seen it once. And oh, Okay. I liked it. I think I've only seen it once or twice. And I don't remember I, I don't remember a lot of it for what it's worth. Same. So I don't remember disliking it. Right. So I'm curious to where I land with this one. Me especially too. after doing the Now that there's a whole Tom Holly. Tobes, tubes, and threes. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, be sure to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast. You can like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Kate Podcasters. You can also follow us on Patreon now for exclusive non-super movies. Right. Yeah, our first one we did was for Fight Club. Fight Club. The first rule of Patreon is that this joke gets old real quick. Right. Also, talk about it. Talk about it to everyone. Oh, yeah. About the Patreon. Share, share, share. Share, please. Go check it out. It's it's a fun episode. It's a very fun episode. We get a little deep on it. We do. Uh, teaser alert. I called it the most overrated film. Uh, no, I didn't call it of all time. No, no, But no. I think it's you an just extremely said overrated, overrated I, I film. Said, okay. Which I think I backed it up okay. Yeah. That's that yeah, I mean grandiose statement. It's not for me to decide, it's for the listeners. That's right. So go over to Patreon, give us a buck or more, and then find out. We appreciate all your support. <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, or stories, or anything like that, you can email them to kpodcasters at gmail.com. And we're gonna see you next week for The Amazing Spider-Man. Same pod time. Same pod heart of the wiener. Wiener.
So, Brian. So, Dave. That's my super ex-girlfriend. Yep. What do you think happens post-credits? Barry and Jenny decide that they're gonna they're gonna leave the city for Batty. a weekend. Batty, yeah. They're uh they're gonna go out uh to where they come from, you know, where their their high school is. Happens to be in Westchester. So they're oh, they're God. headed to upstate New York. I'm getting scared. And uh they're like, Oh, you know what? There's another another school we should stop at. <laughs> uh G Girl's like, my my cousin goes there or whatever. They stop and they knock on the door, nobody's answering. Cut to Professor Xavier's room. He goes, Bring me the girl. She comes in and goes, Okay, okay. When I say storm, what does that taste like? <laughs> she says, I don't know. Somebody doesn't know how to use their fucking powers. <laughs> That's perfect. Dave, what do you think happens? What I think happens is the credits are done. Yeah. And we see black for a real hot second. And then we see the bartender. And she's looking straight at the camera like a talking head out of the office. She says, Yeah. I was credited as Shapely Bartender? <laughs> For real? And Wanda Sykes comes and slides in on like a chair or something. She goes, that's some bullshit. 